sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, we be doing. Bosom Buddies versus Broad City. We're hitting the bees. Yeah, we're almost up to our 100th episode, and we're just now getting to the bees. Well, last time it was Arrested Development versus Art Carney Show. Yeah, well, Art Carney Show came first, but yeah. No, this was the the future version of him reincarnated. Oh, yeah, yeah, which was uh, still just as bad. Right, would... in the body of Jackie Gleason. Yeah, because uh, in hell, where Art Carney went, we find out. Um, they they still that's part of hell is just using those really old jokes down there. Uh, so yeah, it was it was not modern, much like a uh, Big Bang Theory, kind of just old corny jokes on the on the ghost of Art Carney show. R.I.P. Mrs. Wolfowitz. Yeah, I I read that. I don't. I, and I was I, I saw that and I was like, wait, who the hell is Mrs. Wolfowitz? Yeah, I didn't know either. But people on Facebook put R.I.P. Mrs. Wolfowitz. I was like, wow. I... I don't know who that is. <laughs> At first, I thought it was some like someone famous. So yeah, see, I was wrong. well, I thought I don't know why I thought this. I thought it was the actress who played uh, the really old bailiff on Night Court, who's <laughs> been dead since been Night dead Court for a while. Was on. Yeah, I don't. I know. mean, she died in the middle of Night Court. Are you talking about the replacement old lady? No, no, no. I'm talking about the one who died in the middle of Night Court. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think they both died, as a matter of fact. Because remember, one died. Selma Diamond was yes. the first one. And she That's died. What I'm and then of. I, I think she was replaced by another old lady, and then the other old lady died, and then the, they had Roz. And they got Roz, yeah. And she was, uh, and even though she did die. Uh, halfway into filming her first episode, they kept her for the rest of the series. So. Right, right. Marsha Warfield, uh, who does not appear in Bosom Buddies, but might as well. Well, she would have been a better actor than at least one person on on this show. Actually, I was. It was weird watching it. So, I when I looked it up, Bosom Buddies. Um, we watched the pilot. We watched the, the pilot. Yes, uh, Viv and I were talking about it and. And she asked me how many, you know, how many seasons were there? I was like, I don't know, eight. I was like, it seemed like there was a million. There's only two seasons of this. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if both, if, if uh, either season was a full season either. Yeah, well, I it did, it did say uh, on here that I think, let's see, season first season was 19 episodes and the second season was 18 episodes, which back then wasn't a full season. No, because it was like 26 or yeah, something. 20, yeah, yeah, and. But it somehow it ran in syndication for a long time, so it felt like there was a lot of episodes. Because yeah. I didn't watch it first run because this was 1980. I was six years old, so I I can't imagine I was watching it. I I was ten, and I was watching it to my recollection in in first run. But you know, there's also nothing really on TV back then. I think right. Uh, I read that it it got really big in the syndication after Tom Hanks' career took off in in movies, mm-hmm. and, and then they started syndicating it in '84. Uh, Oh, okay. That makes big, sense. So, yeah. Makes, oh, so oh, I see. It was it was on, it was still on network in '84 on NBC. Yeah, they they started rerunning it on NBC. It was originally on ABC, which is really weird. Um, so I don't know. I can't think of another example of something like that happening. Well, Taxi changed networks, but not they made new episodes of right, it. So, right. Right. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Was, NBC was in really dire straits. I guess this was 
about the time Tartikoff was turning things around in 84. Yeah, well, they had they had the juggernauts of uh, different strokes and uh, facts of life. I don't know how. Well, they they're, those them. kids were all grown up by then, so. That's true. That this, I, the yeah, facts I don't, of life were no longer relevant, and Blair didn't want to hear anything about the facts of life if memory serves. contradicted, yeah, uh, Christian theology. Yeah, I guess maybe 84 was around the time of uh, Mr. Day on on different strokes. I don't remember when that all happened. Uh, but yeah, bosom buddies. What actor did do you not like in in this show? Oh, I thought Donna Dixon was terrible. Oh, she was kind of, she was eye candy. She she was eye candy for sure, but also, uh, way worse than I remember her being. I mean, you know, you you expect, especially back then, there was a lot of you know uh, they're just there for their looks, but it was really kind of painful acting from her. Well, it was the pilot. For one, it was the pilot. Second, I thought the lines she was giving were terrible. That's true. I can be a head nurse, but I can't find a job as a dancer. What's, what yeah. sense does that make? No, I know. <laughs> I just make all the wrong decisions. Wrong job. Wrong man. Yeah, I know. That uh, scene was, was kind of creepy anyway, because we're looking at Tom Hanks in women's clothing putting his hands all over Donna Dixon. It was just weird. Yeah, and really ogling her changing out of her. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Uh, Everybody can watch this on YouTube, by the way. The the pilot episode is on YouTube, so if you want to see what we're talking about. So do you think that the the Billy Joel song at the beginning was never on the pilot, or is that just... No, it it was on the pilot. Uh, Okay, it was. I also read uh, for the home video and DVD releases... um, they use a vocal version of the show's in-credit instrumental theme, Shake Me Loose, performed by Stephanie Mills for the opening credits, replacing My Life. So yeah. Right. I, I knew they did that for a lot of them. I think when it went to USA in the 90s is the first time they did that. But I wasn't sure if the pilot ever had My Life. But I guess, I guess Yes, it did. It was originally... My, I'll, I'll, I can read the, the first sentence. See, the theme song for the opening credits was My Life by Billy Joel. Although it was a re-recorded version. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's not Billy Joel singing. No, it is. I don't think so. Okay, well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Uh, that's, I mean, that's not what they say on uh, on the, the greatest event in television history. Oh, that well, that's true. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, who knows, my memory from sound alike 10. I guess it could be a sound alike, but... Honestly, who sounds like Billy Joel? If there's a voice and an angel, it is he. Yeah, and then it, it mentions the reruns and syndication uh, USA Network specifically. So I'm glad you didn't say bad things about Wendy Joe Sperber. No, here's my thing. If I was if I was these guys, Wendy Joe Sperber would have been my pick over Donna Dixon. Well, aside from the fact that they they wrote her so creepily, she's very crazy and yeah, a stalker. But she also has personality. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I always liked her. Like, I think this was the show where I started watching her. But she's in other stuff, and she's always really enjoyable. Yeah, no, I agree. She's a very fun actress. R.I.P. Yeah, it's it's she kind of she died. I don't remember even hearing about it until much later. Yeah, I know. Well, she, you know, she was young too. She was forty-seven. She wasn't. She wasn't a-list. Although, like, I feel like. Anybody who saw her would recognize her. Yeah, she was in so much over the years. Yeah, no, she was she was great. Yeah, she would have, 
you're right. She was a, a bit of a creeper. Yeah. In this first episode, this, I think that changed as the show went on. Cause I think her character and Peter Scolari's character actually got into a relationship. So it wasn't quite as right as, as stocky, but she was funny in it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was more and of the, and she wasn't dead, dead in the eyes. No, she, she didn't have that, that Donna Dixon fisheye look. Um, <laughs> she, well, she was funny. Like even, I guess she was a receptionist. So they work at an advertising agency. We'll get to the plot at some point. Of and it really buddy. doesn't matter. It does not. Um, well, here's something I learned from reading Wikipedia, which is, is it's such a ridiculous story that I believe it. The story that they tell in uh, that the producers told is that they went to network executives and said they wanted to make a buddy move, a buddy show, kind of like Laverne and Shirley, because the guys that made this uh, made Laverne and Shirley, and just two guys that got along really well together, and and they brought up some like it hot as a, an example of Tony Curtis and uh, Jack Lemmon. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, as you know that kind of repartee and the executives globbed onto that and say, okay, you're going to have them in, in drag. And that's not what their intention was, but that's what the executives wanted. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I read that. I, I read that as well. That's well, why they're in drag. And it, I think most times I wouldn't believe that kind of story, but the stories you hear about network, network executives makes it sound. I was going to say, plausible. You, you don't bring up some like it hot to network executives and not expect them to think man that's dresses. <laughs> Uh, they're they're not thinking about the the subtleties of character. Um, yeah, well, so but yeah, Wendy Jo Sperber was the receptionist at at the uh, advertising agency where these guys worked, and yeah, she I remember she was you know it was that old sitcom thing of her like being a terrible uh, receptionist because she picks up the phone that's ringing and she's just like I'm depressed, leave me alone, and that's her like whole. <laughs> And it's stupid, but she carries it off and makes it funny. She's very good. Um, Which is, I think, I'll say that about this show. I I don't think it's a good show, but the, every every performer, uh, I, I'll agree with Donna Dixon not not really bringing much to the to the to the screen. But Peter Scolari, Tom Hanks, and Winnie Joe Sperber made stuff that was not very funny written down, really funny coming out of their mouths. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's it's pretty standard sitcom of the era. Um, and it's it's very dated now, so you know it's not really fair to judge it against. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't even think it would have been good then if it wasn't Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. I think you're I right. Think, and I think the performers are just really good. And I was I was also thinking watching this um, that you, at least in this pilot episode, Peter Scolari has the more charisma of the two. I thought in this episode, I thought he was. Uh, I would have I would have like picked him as the breakout star. Mm-hmm. Just based on the pilot, they were both really good. Don't get me wrong. They gave him more to to do. It's true, and we, I mean, we know Tom Hanks is a is a good actor, um, even though a very, uh, very by all accounts terrible evil person. Yeah, I read those accounts. Yeah, well, they're all over the internet. Uh, yes, the, the most hated man in Hollywood, but even so, uh, a fine actor. Um. Yeah, so so the plot, if you really must know, is uh, they, well, bizarre opening scene, right? Like, they're living in their apartment, and all of a sudden a wrecking ball starts banging through the wall of their apartment. <laughs> no explanation for that. I guess they just demolish apartment buildings there. I mean, well, it, they, this, this show opens with, like, a, a building, and in front of the building there's a big sign that says, 
to be demolished for future condominiums. Right. So I guess when they got home every night, it was too dark, so they couldn't read the sign. I, that could be the case. Uh, it's also weird that they would demolish an actual apartment building to put up condominiums instead of just changing over to condominiums. But, you know, I you got to have comedy, I guess. Um you know. So they bring all their bowl after this is the house or the apartment building is destroyed. They bring all their belongings into the office, including the parakeet that got away. Yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks lost his parakeet, his little yellow friend. Uh, yeah. So they bring that to the office, and uh, and they wait. What is Winter Joe Sperber's character? Amy. Yes. Amy. So uh, Amy's in love with Peter Scolari's character, Henry. Uh, and, and they decide to go see if they can spend the night with her. And it, it turns out she lives in a women's hotel, which I guess was some kind of thing in the 80s. I, I, I would say it wasn't, I would say it wasn't a thing in, since the fifties. Yeah. Or 60s. I, it, I think by the eighties they weren't around anymore. Yeah. I can't imagine. But anyway, so this leads to the, uh, the, not just some, uh, hotel. That was a Susan B. Anthony. Yes. The Susan B. Anthony hotel for women. Um, this leads to the high concept where uh, they decide that they will dress up as women to get a an apartment in this hotel um, or a room. I, I don't know what you even call it. It's a residence hotel, I guess, a, an apartment. Um, and then hilarity does not really ensue, but it never really has, again, since the 50s with men dressing up as women. Uh, I mean, obviously, Monty Python and Kids in the Hall and stuff, but those were sketches. It wasn't a sustained storyline. Um, yeah, and that, and that's the idea. And neither one of them looks like a woman at all, or talked, or even attempts to talk like a woman. No, yeah, they, they. I think I seem to remember that there's sometimes do, but not in this episode, that's for sure. But they pulled off. Nobody, nobody's the wiser. Yeah, no, everybody buys it and. And for some reason, when they're getting ready in the morning, uh, uh, they have their wigs on. <laughs> yeah, already. As, as as Henry's shaving and Kip is exercising, they're and both wearing dancing a wig. to uh, Macho Man. Kip's version of Macho, Macho Man. Yeah. What what kind of version? Kip's. Well, Tom oh, Hanks Kip's. is he's okay. just singing it. They're not playing <laughs> it on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, which is I don't know if they meant any double irony there because. Macho Man, obviously sung by the Village People, the gayest group in history. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, not. I mean, if this, well, this would not air today. But if this, well, actually, it might. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when ABC had the show about two guys dressing up as women that uh, lasted all of, I think, three episodes. What was that show? Uh, I think it was called uh, "Humongous Piece of Shit." But I'd <laughs> oh, have to HPS. Look it up. Yeah, H- good old good. HPS. That was a um, good one. But yeah, if this was on today, this would not. This episode would not. The pilot would not make me watch it. But it was a more innocent time. I don't know. I if I don't, if I think Tom Hanks and Peter Sklar would make me watch it because I like those guys. It's true that yeah, the acting, as we said, aside from Donna Dixon, was good. Uh, yeah, some weird. It's it's weird to see how how. Uh, morals not morality necessarily but just uh what's acceptable in comedy changes from you know in in the culture across the decades like uh they (laughs) there there was a i guess the the overseer i don't know what you would even call her the landlady of the hotel 
mm-hmm. um, is kind of you know kind of harsh and uh, and she gets referred to as Eva Braun, which is like that's like jumping right to Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like literally. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say that. I do you think that anyone would get away with how creepy the the scene was with Tom Hanks and, and Donna Dixon? I don't think someone would do that. No. It, was, it was less funny and more creepy. Maybe, yeah, maybe on like a Comedy Central show where it where the creepiness is emphasized. Right, that's part of the joke, but I don't think that was the joke. I don't think the creepiness it was supposed to be creepy. It was just supposed to be hijinks of guys. Right. Yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah. He's totally ogling her in a in a very uncomfortable way. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, no. I agree. And yeah, there was some I mean, I guess I guess sexual talk has always been uh part of it, at least since, you know, soap and and stuff, which was what seventy-seven, I think we talked about. But yeah, but like, you have to you have to say that the women in the, at least this first episode were they were kind of jerks, but they were they weren't all bad. No, no. Like her, the boss was stealing their ideas, but she was a you know she, she was their boss. Yeah, that's what bosses do. <laughs> um, so it, in that way, it's kind of an enlightened show. Yeah, and. And the boss, like, that's another one. The the woman who plays the boss, uh, kind of perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know that she's, like, the greatest actress ever. Holland Taylor, I believe, is her name. Man, why does this... I'm looking at the at the Wikipedia page, and they've got starring. They've got Wendy Jo Sperber way down on the list. After Telma Hopkins, who is not as big a part... I mean, she's a big part of the show, but... Yeah, that's weird. I, I would almost think it's alphabetical, but it's not... Yeah, Lucille Benson. I don't even know who that was, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. There were, and then you know, what's her name? Uh, uh, Amy Wendy Jo Sperber is is very sexually aggressive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I I want to have your baby, and then at the end she like loudly proclaims to the whole office how uh, Henry spent the night <laughs> in her bed. So yeah, a lot of. A lot of weird. I mean, I guess just having the genders reversed on that kind of thing makes it not as as creepy. Like, although that, like you said, the Tom Hanks scene was pretty creepy, and it, it wasn't played as creepy. It was played. Was, yeah, he's, he's he's just falling in love. Yeah, yeah. And I saw. Uh, shit, I I think I lost. I didn't bring my notes with me, but I saw that the episode was directed by somebody Zwick. And we were like, oh, is that somebody? And we were confusing him with, I think it's Ed Zwick, who, uh, who directed Glory and a bunch of other movies. But this is not him. It's another Zwick. Uh, who, Joel Zwick. Joel Zwick, who I looked up and he just, you know, did Webster and and Perfect Strangers and all that. He also directed My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Never saw it. I didn't either, but that was kind of a big movie. Well, it was a small movie that did really well. Well, yeah. 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 I don't I don't think they were like look they're probably still looking for the cheapest director they could get. Well, yeah, if you look at the rest of his <laughs> Yeah. He did Fat Albert as well. Uh wait, the T V show? No no. The the Keenan Thompson starring film. I was yeah, I couldn't recall if there was actually a movie wow, that's I never saw it. I wonder if it was well, it almost certainly wasn't any good, but I Was it And what what they did with Mushmouth. Oh, who played Mushmouth? 
Jermaine Williams. Oh, good old Jermaine. Yeah, was it was the plot of the Fat Albert movie about like giving women roofies and stuff? I never saw it. No, I don't think that was the plot. Oh. Well, Bill Cosby was not taken from his life then, which is always what you should do as a writer. He probably wasn't even involved in the movie. Who knows? <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah. Well, oh, he he did have an appearance in the movie. Did he? As uh, as just like some crotchety old man, probably. Roofied Fat Albert. I didn't know any of the accusations against him involved roofies. Yeah, I think I think so. Well, drugging, drugging women. Well, let's not let's not go off on uh, Bill Cosby. That's well, you brought it up, and it doesn't. Uh, I think to you Broad brought City. up Fat Albert. It does relate to Broad City, so it all it all comes together. Yeah. Well, this uh, Bosom Buddies is no Broad City. I th- I think you're right. You know what? Speaking of pilots, sorry to interrupt. I didn't know that if you direct the pilot. You get a piece of every episode of the the show that airs. I heard that on on some somewhere. So so it's like well, a big deal. Legit. I, I heard it on I think it either Comedy Bang Bang or Nerdist that the 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 pilot director is like is has a big uh, like royalties from every episode. So it used to be when I saw like Josh Whedon directed the pilot of event. Buffy agents of shield. I was like, Oh, that's cool. He, he came on TV to do that, to put something good out there. But now I think he did it just so he got a cut of all the, the rest of the episodes. So it's not quite as cool. Yeah. That's like, so that's like with like JJ Abrams on lost who like had no involvement, I think after the pilot. Right. Yeah. They do that. And then they get, they get a cut of the rest of the show. So it's, it's interesting. So, it's like uh, Roddenberry writing lyrics for the star Trek theme. Right. So, uh, yeah, film school uh, students out there, don't even bother trying to uh, realize your vision with a with a you know a beautiful, well crafted movie. Just just direct every pilot you can. You'll be set. That's what Joel Zwick did. He did a bunch of pilots, including this one. And then he worked his way up to Big Fat Greek Wedding and the pinnacle of his career, Fat Albert. The movie. There's another show that he directed the pilot for, which I was going to talk about anyway, not dealing with Joel's Wick, but uh, since he did direct it, let's talk about a show called Migo. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, you you mentioned this to me, but I have no idea what it is. So it was the guys the the guys that put together Bosom Buddies, Miller Boyett. Right. Had this was their last show. They had a ton of shows. I think they did like the TGIF all those shows for years. On was that ABC, CBS. Well, like the Urkel shows, they did. They, they had a part yeah. of all their shows, but this was one of their last one, and it was a ninety nine thousand year old shape shifting alien from planet Marmajan is found on Earth and lives lives on Earth with a family, and Ed Begley is the single father, and Michelle Trachtenberg plays the girl, and the alien is played by Bronson Pinchot. Oh God. <laughs> sounds god awful although michelle trachtenberg uh gets points for pete and pete which is one we should do someday the adventures of pete and pete uh, is it is it possible to watch that i don't know it's got to be it's got to be around somewhere it's probably on at this point yeah i don't know you know it, like on amazon prime they have all these old nickelodeon shows available so 
Maybe, Maybe it's Pete, on Pete. Yeah, we'll have to check. Um, he gets points for Buffy, too. Yeah, I guess. I guess, I, for you, yeah. Uh, the It doesn't get points for Bronson Pinchot, who was... Did you ever watch the... I think that was the only season I ever watched of that dumbass MTV show, was it? The reality show where they put all these washed-up celebrities in a house together? I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. And he was on it? Was he not a nice person? He was a terrible person. And just like, speaking of creep, he made Tom Hanks in this episode look like uh, Jesus Christ. He was hitting (laughs) on everything with legs and some things without legs. I think he hit on a snail at some point. Yeah, he was, (laughs) it was gross, man. He was a really gross person in real life. And this 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 was not scripted. This was a reality show. He was really being this gross person. Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally not. I mean, I'm sure it was scripted in a way by the editors, as they all are. But no, yeah, it was reality. Um, I, yeah, Jesus, I can't remember. Maybe I watched more than one season of the show, because, or you know, one episode from a season, because I can't even remember who else was on it. But I, it was a show that also had like Vince Neil and MC Hammer in the same house, and and Minnie Me, who was a huge drunk. And, uh, I kind of remember that now. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't it. know the name of it. Yeah, it's not, it it's not Big Brother, is it? No, it's it's a show like that, you know. Okay. But with with uh, quasi celebrities. Anyway, bosom buddies, uh, Migo. I wow. I wonder if that's available. That'll be interesting to watch. It's got to there, be. There, there's only thirteen episodes, so yeah, it has to be terrible. But I want to say it. Yeah, and it, Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> One of the most baffling actors, I have to say. Uh, not that he's a bad actor; it's, he just baffles me. For baffles you because the choices he makes, or as just... an actor, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. he he just seems to exist in some like universe that like is maybe a few seconds off from our own universe <laughs> somehow. Um, well, he he was he got famous on Saint Elsewhere, and that was a real show, and he was doing real acting in that, right? Was it a real show? I don't know. I, up to the end, I guess it was. Um, that was that's a really weird show how they put that t- together. I I mean they had the thing at the end where it's all in the autistic kid's head, but before that they had the guy from White Shadow playing the same character in Saint Elsewhere. Oh well, have you ever seen the thing? There's there's a whole some dude. Uh, I'm just assuming it's a dude because it's only dudes who do crazy shit I think like it's a this. Team of people who put it together. Yeah, have you seen it where all the shows that. Uh, that are also fake because of their involvement with Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it, it touches homicide, right? So that yep. that that brings in all the Law and Orders. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, awesome. which brings in the Wire because Munch made an appearance on the Wire. Did he? Yep, and the X Files because oh, of because and and Arrested Development. Yep, uh, and, because of uh, what's his, uh, what's his, the the Wire guy. Yeah, and uh, because of. Uh, the X-Files appearing on The Simpsons. It brings in The Simpsons. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but anyway. Well, well, I think after that was put together, I think Munch appeared on The Simpsons. I might be wrong about that. Did he? I, well, I know Mulder and Scully did, so it either Yeah, way, well, they did yeah. for sure. Yeah, that that's a fun list. It's, it's stupid, but fun. Yeah. So yeah. now now there's shows on. Now I saw a commercial for Law & Order crossing with some Chicago Law & Order show, so those are all brought into that universe. I can't... Are there... The only Law and Order show still on is the terrible. Uh, yeah, Law and Order Rape. Yeah, Law and Order Rape is the only one that's still on, which is shocking to me because I thought the original was really good, at least for a while. I think it was 
even good at even at the end when it was reaching for stuff i thought i thought they'd because sam waterson's such a good actor I, and yeah i, I like that show I, I was surprised it went off the air yeah and i'm surprised that this one stays on the air but yeah, it's it's weird like people i don't know it, it really kind of to me i don't know maybe i'm being too sociological about it 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 really brings up the idea of the dark side and just all these seemingly normal midwestern people who want to watch you know law and order rape i don't think it's just midwestern no i, I know i think it's everywhere <laughs> but they're the but they're the heartland you know they're the they're the simple folk who just want to uh raise cows and and drink budweiser on the weekends you know they they're not uh you, you expect people in the cities and on the coast to be into uh murder and rape you know <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but it's the same, like, I I had caught, like, an episode of, I can't even remember what it was, uh, the show that Mandy Patinkin was on for a while. It the, was one a, he, the one he left because it was too violent? Yeah, and I, I saw an episode, and I was like, this is really dark and disturbing for a network show, but I yeah, people are into that shit. Yeah, but I don't think that show lasted very long. Is, is it still on Criminal Minds? Criminal Minds. Still... I have, who the hell knows? I don't know. CBS keeps its shows on for decades now so <laughs> i don't know how you i think you have some kind of idea of how different network shows are and you refuse to watch them but i don't think you're right i think i'm 100 percent right let me here let me give you a list this of cbs that is cbs yeah let me give you a list of cbs sitcoms i know these for a fact big bang theory no because these are all the that same that same guy the big right. bang it, theory. yeah it's it's all uh dickhead mc shit fuck yeah right I, With, no, that's true. No, but it, I mean, you talk about like uh, you refuse to watch Person of Interest because it was CBS and Elementary, and I, I think they're good shows. Yeah, I, well, I watched the first episode of Elementary, and I didn't care for it so much. Um, obviously, yeah. you've got the the BBC Sherlock that's a million times better. So, um, it's but it's not I, terrible. I, but like all those NCIS and JAG and those kind of shows are all CBS, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. They they do run into the ground. So I, I, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, and they're and they're all just kind of. Ugh. I mean, they're not. I think that's what makes Person of Interest so interesting. That it it does seem like it's going to be one of those procedural, every week's the same thing show, but then it turns out that it isn't. All right, well, I'll make you a deal. I'll watch. Oh, you don't have to watch anything because Person of Interest it takes it takes a lot of episodes to really get into it. Well, that's all right because I'm, I'm going to make you a deal. So. Oh, let's you, see what the deal is. You tell is. me, um, either Person of Interest or The Good Wife. I will start watching. If you watch the goddamn wire, <laughs> I don't. I, I have to watch the wire. I, mean, I don't care if you watch either of those shows. If, you, if you're asking me which you think you would like better, I think you'd probably like. Oh, I don't know. They're both really good, but I think the Good Wife is easier to get into. All right, I'll try the Good Wife. But you should also watch. Well, the thing is, the Good Wife you can watch for free. I don't know how to watch Person of Interest. Person of Interest is a difficult show to watch. Yeah, I guess you can get the DVDs from Netflix. That's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah, CBS has a weird thing. Um... Where, well, they do do some shows because I think The Good Wife's on Hulu. Yeah, um, well, The Good Wife's on Amazon Prime. You can watch all The Good Wife uh, yeah. up until the season. Yeah, they so they have they have uh, Amazon Prime has The Good Wife and like Under the Dome, which I'm not going to watch. But then <laughs> most CBS shows are not on the streaming services um, because CBS has its own streaming service, which is yeah, they're starting to charge for now. Yeah, it's bizarre stupid. for free over-the-air shows to to do that. I don't. I mean, I guess. It's the model of the future. I mean, I kind of give them props for 
doing it because... Well, I mean, Hulu is charging. So it's the same thing as Hulu, but every Hulu has all the networks underneath it, so CBS is just trying to make it so you only pay for our stuff. But well, who's going to do that? Hulu Plus is charging. Hulu itself has that's true. is free. So, that's, yeah. That's true. But, I mean, I do like the idea of hopefully, you know, someday we'll get it all sorted out, but the cable companies are obviously the, the problem, where you can just pay for a show that you want to watch. And that's well, you it. can do that now on iTunes, ninety nine cents. That's true. That's that's true. I guess. Um, well, or, I'm, everybody's celebrating this HBO Go being not uh, connected to cable anymore, but it's going to be interesting to see how much it is per month. Well, that's that's a big question, right? I I see a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the speculation is probably fifteen dollars. Oh, you think it's going to be? If it's that cheap, that's cheaper than getting HBO on cable. Well, exactly. I can't believe it'd be that cheap. I think it's going to be like thirty five, forty dollars. If it's that much, I I don't think they're going to be as successful as they would like. I think a lot of the, yeah, I don't know. Just from my very limited reading of it, a lot of the, the cost of the, the HBO and the packages, the, the cable is coming from the cable companies more than, than the, uh, the network. But yeah, we'll see. If yeah, we'll see. If it's 15 bucks, I'll do it. I, if, I think it's $15. Everyone should do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, everybody. Although they kind it. of, it's, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by adding all their stuff to Amazon prime. Because if, yeah, they had, but, if it wasn't on Amazon Prime, they could say, this is the only place you can watch all of our stuff. Well, I'm I'm imagining that when they come out with HBO Go, they're going to yank all their content off Amazon Prime. Maybe, that yeah. That only makes sense. Maybe they'll keep some of the older stuff on, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, Bosom Buddies. Uh, Not a lot to say. I mean, it was it's definitely, like you said, a product of its time. Yeah. So and it's, it's hard to judge based on now, but it, it, it is interesting how good the acting is. And, and well, Wendy J. Sperber died, so she doesn't count, but uh, Peter Scolari and Tom Hanks are still working. And I, I don't think you can say that about a lot of 1980s sitcom stars. Nope. Yeah, it's, I like And I mean, uh, Tom Hanks is, it's more than just still working. Tom Hanks is, you know, a god. Right. Uh, except an, in evil, an evil god. A, 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 right. Sure. Um, but, yeah, but I, I am... It is heartening to me to see Peter Scolari show up every decade in something and just do his job well. Yeah, like yeah he, he was good. He was, he was on Newhart for a long time. Yep. Oh, he's on Girls. He's on Girls, yeah. So good for him. Um, all right. Well, should we take a break then and we'll come back and uh, talk about Broad City? Sure. All right. We'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing. All right, we're back, and now we're talking about Broad City, uh, Comedy Central. Which is awesome. Yeah, starring Alana Glazer and Abby Jacobson, and yeah, I have to say, I'm kind of obsessed with this show. It's it's like my new favorite. Um. And have you seen the season two trailer? Oh, I didn't know there was a trailer. Yeah, it's, it just came out this week, so you should watch it because it's pretty goddamn funny. 
But uh, yeah, this this show was a great find. Well, produced by one of our heroes, Amy Poehler. So I could, I guess, I could have kind of guessed it would be for me. But, and I had watched the YouTube stuff so a couple. Of the I didn't watch all of them. I don't know how many there are. I watched a few of them, and so I wasn't sure. I would like the show. I liked the YouTube stuff, but it was kind of light. Not light, but there wasn't much to it. Like, not much story. It was just all funny. So I wasn't sure how they'd be able to pull off a whole half-hour show. And I'm really, really blown away by how good it is. It's, yeah, it's amazingly good. I would say, uh, I would say, you know, the way people talk about Louis being a genius show, which I think it is, too. This is, as well, in a, in a totally different way. And I... I'd heard them talking about. I guess originally they were gonna, they were trying to sell it to FX, um, and but then, I don't know if it's that FX wanted them to, you know, start meddling a bit too much, or or what. Um, because That's funny because when you hear the the it's always sunny guys talk about FX, they say they can as, as they can do as much as they want if they don't want the money. So it's like the the least the less money they take. The more they can do that without meddling. Yeah, so, so may, I'm surprised. It might not. It money. might not have been meddling. Um, I remember I, I listened to them on a podcast and um, they were talking about FX. I don't know why it fell through, um, but they were saying like they were thinking, you know, well they've got Louie and stuff on there, so you know it's it's probably a good network for our show. But then they also mentioned uh, that anger management, that Charlie Sheen show was on FX, and they're like, oh, yeah. I don't know if. If they're doing this too, who knows? Anyway, it's on Comedy Central, and it's oh, that's true. Maybe FX is trying to go for like a a guy, a guy raunchy comedy thing, and, and Broad City wouldn't fit in because they also have the League, and we were just talking about this on the break where the League is sometimes raunchy for raunchiness's sake. Yeah, it's a it's a problem, but and also in a very male way, not in, in a, a very male way. Yeah, in a very uh, universal way, which is kind of my my problem with South Park, you know, and. And Family Guy, and uh, it's well, Family Guy has a lot of problems for me, but yeah, that that raunchiness for raunchiness's sake, which, which even I think bringing Amy Poehler back into it uh, is a problem with the Kroll show, a sketch show, which um, I've seen a couple episodes of. But I, and I, Nick Kroll is hilarious, and I think he's a great uh, comic and improviser and stuff. But like the show is this, kind of the same, like just very going going to the you know, shit jokes too easily. Right. Or yeah. the, or the raunchy sex jokes. Um, although I will say that, uh, I do like key and peel the sketch show. Have you watched that at all? Have oh you? yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. That's really good. I don't know if we've talked about that. Well, we'll probably do an episode on it at some point. We should. I, I, it's like a show that I remember seeing as for and wanting to watch and then forgetting about it and then going back and I've been watching a bunch of them and I haven't seen all. I've never seen all of them, but the ones I've seen are great. Yeah. I don't understand why they have the thing where they're talking to the audience. That's the only part about it I don't like. Yeah, no, I know. It's kind of like uh, on Bill Maher's show. You know, just cut out your goddamn shitty monologue. And, yeah. uh, and you well, know, one thing I've 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 talked about the Birthday Boys, and I like that. And it's it's seven white guys, so that's kind of weird. But they make fun of that. But I like that they don't. They have their sketches all kind of come together. So. It must be hard to do, but they write a they write an episode where all their sketches are somehow related. So it's like Seinfeld, where all the stories interlock at the end. Is kind of is that what you're saying? They don't necessarily interlock, but there's no, it's not like Kids in the Hall where one sketch will not be in any way related to the one previous to it. They they have they some build. sort of like, yeah 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 Got they it. build exactly. Yeah, that's I mean it's 
it is funny too isn't it like you say like it's kind of weird that it's seven white guys like now it is weird but that was that was the model for ever in entertainment yeah and, yeah but it, it it's almost off-putting it, it <laughs> is, I, no i agree it is off-putting and, but i think they're aware of, like when you hear them advertising themselves they talk about it and it's like you know well it's it's they don't say this, but you have to think it's not our fault. We just are seven guys that got together and we work together. It's not our fault. That, so it's, it, but it's a funny show. So, yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing with, <clears throat> with broad city too. Like I'm a, we're both white dudes in our forties, but I think we've talked about it before. I'm like, frankly, even as a white guy in my forties, I'm sick of seeing white guys everywhere. Like I, I want stuff with women and, you know, yeah, but we don't. White. I don't. I don't want to speak for you, but we don't want stuff with women just because we want stuff with women. We want. That, no, that's we what Broad City is awesome. They're just really funny. It doesn't have anything to do with no, it, they're exactly. Women. No, precisely. Well, that's what I mean. Super duper great performers and great writers. I guess they write every episode. I, I didn't really look at who wrote what, but no, so, totally. There's there's a lot of stuff like with women protagonists on the air that you can tell are written by men, and it's still fucking terrible. Right. Um, it's you know it's just your standard crap, but they're like, well, this is 2014. Let's throw women and woman in the lead role instead. Yeah, this is not that. This is a hilariously funny show, uh, regardless of if it was two dudes, it would still be hilarious. I I uh, told my my niece is is 20, and I said you should watch this show. Not only should you watch it, but you should emulate the people in this show. And she, which should, might and... might not have been the best advice, but. She should. Well, how old's your niece? Twenty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Uh, no, totally. Emulate them for a few years on this show, at least. That's what your twenties <laughs> are for. There's an episode. It's not the episode we're going to talk about, but there's an episode where uh, Alana Alana takes a phone call in the bathroom from a temp, in the bathroom at her workplace from a temp agency. She takes the temp job while she's working on the temp job. She takes the job walking dogs. That was a great show, episode. And that was might have been my favorite episode of the series. It's really funny. And I had... Uh, Janine Garofalo uh, as a vet. Janine Garofalo and the woman from Saturday Night Live, whose name I forget, who also was in, in the first season of uh, 30 Rock, who was supposed to be the main character. Oh, yeah, Rachel Dratch, yeah. Rachel Dratch, yeah. yeah. And she was she was the temp, temp. Lots of great guest stars. Lots of great uh, uh, women comedian guest stars, actually. Thinking about it. Uh, Garofalo, uh, Amy Poehler... Um, Amy Sedaris. Oh, Amy Sedaris was great as a real estate agent in yes. another episode that we're not talking about. But right. no, this, yeah, this show, I watched. We binge watched this, and I think I'm gonna binge watch it again. That's how much I like it. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I was rewatching the first episode since we're this is the episode we're talking about. It's funny the second time, and it's not only not only funny. I think something that I enjoy about shows like this is when I like the characters, even when they're unlikable. And they're not especially likable, but I still like them. Oh yeah, they're no, you. I love them. Yeah. 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 And uh, shit, I I had a point. Oh well, and Fred Armisen is in this episode. Yeah. Um, his his part was kind of stupid, but it worked. Well, it was. It, I still laughed. Yes. Just because it was so fucking bizarre, like <laughs> it's the it's they do a really good job of like he in. In reality, if you met this guy, you would be creeped out of your pants, right? <laughs> and but they they do this a lot, and it's the same thing we were talking about with like raunchy humor on on the league or whatever. They managed to do like some pretty standard like 
raunch humor, but they make it work, which is like a trick that's really hard to pull off, I feel like. Yeah, I think so too. They they make it as if it's something somebody would say. Uh, but on the league, it's something someone would say to get a rise out of you. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's an, another episode to talk about where she, where uh, Alana has to ha- hide Abby, Abby's poop. <laughs> and right. saying it, it seems like it's just disgusting, but it was really funny how they pulled it off. It was funny. And it, there, there ends up being a uh, poop in the shoe and there's like, yeah. kind of, yeah, no, it's, it's and the whole like flashback ninja thing. It was this great stuff. It's, it's, I can't recommend this show more to pretty much anybody listening. Anybody who would bother listening to this podcast would like this show. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think we can overstate, how funny it is. Like I laugh out loud at every episode, which is as you yeah. know, a rarity. Um, um, the guy, the guy that plays the room, uh, the roommate's girl, boyfriend, John, was it John Gember, Gemberling. He's also marry me. Really funny. Yeah. He kind of plays this, like this character. Who's kind of a stereotype. Now the he's the, like the Zach Galifianakis fat, stereotype. A yeah, bit. The fat, yeah. Yeah. Galifianakis doesn't look like it anymore, but the, the fat bearded slob who, kind of a man child but yes. he does it really well really funny yeah and and they they get it right too like he when in this episode when he's um you know playing video games online and and talking to his friend in quotation marks online <laughs> just some dude he plays games with um and and him eating all her food like everybody's had that roommate too and he's not even <laughs> really her roommate he's just her <laughs> or everybody's been that roommate <laughs> Have they? I I was always pretty good about not eating my roommates' food when I had. I, when I was I had, when I was like eighteen, I, I ate some of my roommates' potato chips because I was so hungry in the middle of the night. Uh, well, that's a I guess that's a one time thing. This is this is yeah, a, as a, an ongoing thing. problem. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I felt terrible about it. And I never I never admitted it. It was my first time out of the house. And we should also mention her roommate. Is never there. We've never, never met her roommate. Never. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it even better. Yeah, just her shitty boyfriend. But we've seen pictures, and she's kind of pretty, so it, the boyfriend doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> and uh, who? Well, and Hannibal Burris is on this, who's also great um, as Alana's kind of boyfriend. Yeah, not really though. It's that's the question in the beginning of this episode. He says, "What are we doing here?" Right. We just we hooking up or we dating? And I forget what her response is. She and says it's purely physical. Pure, is it, <laughs> he does a great reading of why does this always happen to me? <laughs> yeah. And and he's great throughout the the, the ten episodes. Yeah, too. He, he only he gets better throughout. Yeah. He plays a dentist, and there's a couple scenes where he's he's working with a, like a, a, kid <laughs> a kid in a dental in dental chair, and it's nonstop funny. Yeah, hilarious, hilarious. Uh, so, well, we sh- I guess we should talk a bit about what the the idea of this is. It's it's funny because you can tell like they come from improv, and it's sketch like, but it's not a sketch show. It's it is, for lack of a better term, a sitcom. I mean, there there is an ongoing storyline right like you know they right yeah so but it's not it's not stand a standard sitcom by any means but it's about these two women in their 20s who are kind of i think reflect what a lot of not just women but people in their 20s what they go through they're just kind of aimless and they're they're not really necessarily super worried about 
careers or anything. I mean, they they worry about money, but um, but it's not about it's they're just like getting through their lives and trying to figure. Although, out. I, I, yeah, but in different. In different Abby ways. is a little bit worried about her career because she wants to be a trainer. She wants to be a trainer. She is currently a janitor at the gym. Yeah, a cleaner. She, a cleaner, right? Sorry. Uh, and no, that that's true. And a and um, an aspiring artist as well. Yes. So it's. I mean, it very much speaks to the experience of being in your twenties. I think for a lot of people. Um, but it's not. It's also not super hipsterish. I I, I really think it's got broad appeal. No I think so. Yeah, unintended. it's 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 not it's not so much na- navel gazing. It's more about having fun and laughing. Yes, but it, I mean, it's it's such a strong show. I, yeah, I can't it's, say good enough things about it. No, me either. It's 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 my favorite show on right now. I think. Um, yeah, they you know they they do what you do. They get drunk. They get high. They fuck things up in their lives. And well. Uh, the funniest scene in this episode to me is that Abby's got a neighbor uh, who she's in love with and she meets him in the hall uh, and <laughs> she starts trying to talk to him, but she gets so nervous that she just says idiotic things and, and she says <laughs> it all arm. in slow motion. Yeah. Your arm. <laughs> that's one of her and that, lines. And that's to him. kind of funny, but it's really funny when they show Alana's reaction to it. <laughs> yes. She, because she's like, what the fuck what is the fuck? wrong with yes. you? Yeah, <gasps> we're making eye contact. Like it's the <laughs> you don't say these things out loud. And and the plot of this episode is uh, they're well, uh, Alana wants to go to uh, what is it, a, a Lil Wayne concert? Try to sneak their way in. And, uh, it's not a regular concert, right? It's like a pop-up. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a Prince after show type thing, and um, and yeah. So they're they're trying to get into this, and so it's all about them not having the money and trying to find the money to go to this, which they eventually don't. Spoiler, but um, but and it's funny too because you you can tell that well they're they're friends in real life, but you can tell that the characters have their actual you know it it portrays their friendship and their personalities honestly you know to a point obviously there's some exaggeration going on for effect but you know and abby's like who is that i don't even know who that is but Alana's so excited about going to this <laughs> pop-up show that abby's like all right i guess i'll go along and then i mean getting out of work saying she's waiting for an aids test <laughs> yeah it's all great stuff i mean just little goofy stuff like that it well, it's the Little kind of sm- small touches. It's the kind of like when you talk about it, like that stuff kind of aids jokes and you know poop jokes. It's the kind of thing you. It makes it sound like it might be Family Guy-ish, but it's not. It's it's way smarter and actually funny rather right. than shock value. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's not. It's not really that shocking. No. No. It's it all works within the context of the story and the characters. I mean, the even the opening scene. The opening scene is is Alana having sex with with the dentist right and it's kind of a surprise Doing FaceTime with abby yeah and i think on other shows it would be like a shock moment but the way they play it's just so casually it's just funny yeah it's just and part then, of their their dynamic they end the facetime and she's like that was kind of like a threesome and <laughs> just a funny joke it's it's hilarious all around I, I don't even know what to say except that uh i love the hell out of this show and I, I, I came onto it late. Like I didn't even know it was a, a web series or anything. Um, I came so. in on watching it late 
because I it was like off of Comedy Central by the time I thought to watch it because I had heard about Amy Poehler producing it and I wanted to watch it. And then you, you know how you lose track of that kind of thing. Right. So I never watched it until it got to Amazon. So it was, yeah, I, I binged through it too. It was, I kind of held off on watching the last episode for a couple of weeks just because I didn't want to finish. But <laughs> unlike other shows, I, I, I did finish. You had to, yeah. Well, Jan- and the last episode was a great episode. I think January it returns, so not not too long. Um, you should watch the trailer. It's it's also got some good. Uh, I will, and this time around I'll watch it live, or not not live, but you know I'll tape it. I won't wait for it to go on Amazon. I'm gonna. Well, that that's that was one reason I came to it late is because oh, I, right, don't, you don't I don't have cable, so yeah. I had to wait. Um, I'll maybe I'll make friends with somebody with cable and just go hang out at their house and whenever it comes on. Only when it comes on. Only when, and then yeah. leave immediately after it's over. Well, yeah, I don't have time to be fraternizing with people and shit. Um, yeah, no, it's I can't wait. Um, I'm I'm hoping that uh, SF Sketchfest is coming up. I'm hoping maybe they will do a live show here. Yeah, I, I greatly regret not getting tickets to see them here. They had a show in the summer and it got pushed to November. And when I was at the I was at the venue, and I was getting tickets for something else. I was like, "You have any tickets left for Broad City?" And like, "Yeah." And it was like such and such amount, and they only took cash. And I was like, yeah, "I'll come back." And then when I went back, they were sold out. Ah. Uh, but I mean, I didn't make an effort to go back the next day. It was like a couple weeks later. So yeah. I yeah. wish I'd gone right back because I I imagine it's really fun to see them live. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they come. It's it's just well, it's another. It's another one that is, um, it's got like really surreal and absurd elements to it, but it's also well observed. If that and makes any it, sense. Yeah, and it's grounded. It's yeah, it is. It is ground. It's grounded in the, in the characters. Like the, the humor comes from the characters, which is always the best, rather than trying to, force comedy through, um, idiotic situations. So this this stereotypical roommate, one of the best things about him is how they react to him. You know, some shows will just kind of be passive aggressive, but Abby and Alana hate him with such a passion that Their it just makes it funnier. Their palpable, yeah. <laughs> yes. What is he even doing here? <laughs> that when he says, "Did you call me? Why would I call him? Why would anybody?" <laughs> I take a shower. I feel disgusting knowing he was in there. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get his hair all over me. I can feel it. Yeah, the, the uh, and then there's there's uh, Alana's roommate who looks like he's about twelve years old and he's, <laughs> he's a drug dealer. Yeah, and he, he's a drug dealer and he's um, he's some he's from some indeterminate foreign country. <laughs> could be European, could be South American. We don't know. I um, think he's he's kind of the kind of guy you've met though. Kind of everything is fun. Yeah. Oh no, totally. He's. He's also a well-defined character for sure, mm-hmm. and very quickly well-defined. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, kind of like well, obviously he's a drug dealer, but he's also kind of, kind of loopy. Yeah, and that's another good thing about this show is that, like, unlike say, uh, it's always sunny, which we both like, we've spoken of before. Right. Like, even though these people are kind of unlikable, you get the sense that they actually care about each other, which is, which is yeah. another another level that that keeps it grounded i think and, and i don't makes it think work. i i don't think they're they're unlikable on the same levels as always so nobody no. would in real life would like but alana and abby people would like no i would they're hang out with of, them yeah it's kind of jerks sometimes but they're they're 
infinitely likable. Right. Yeah, they are. You would roll your eyes at them or maybe talk to your friends like, did you did you hear what Alana did last night? But you would still be friends with them. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this episode, I don't even want to spoil things. They're they're trying to get money for this concert and they have they have different uh, not well thought out ways of going about getting this money. Um, which and I mean, part of the part of the putting the budget together was to get to get drugs. Yeah, to get enough weed for the concert. So, yeah. <laughs> which is the one thing they do manage to do. They get some booze too. And some, yeah. Well, they steal the booze from uh, Fred Armisen, right? right. Uh, it's not really stealing. No, it's not. He didn't pay them for their services, as uh, they they decide to uh, try to make money by going to clean people's. Apartments in their underwear. That's their. <laughs> that's a lot of a big bright idea. Um, the and, the boss, Elena's boss, is a, a funny character and actor. Who yeah, he's is, perfect too. Upset with her not working, but unable to say anything. So yes. he says she's putting an ad on Craigslist about the, them doing it, whatever. And he says, "Well, it doesn't look like you're working." And she, she's like, "Oh, okay, I'll take lunch. You're right." Yeah, she's very alpha, uh, and he can't he can't really deal with with her. He's not equipped to deal with her type of personality. She have you seen him. him in other things? Apparently, he's uh, um has a public ac- access show in New York and has, he has a popular YouTube channel, but I haven't seen any. No, of I didn't know. I'd, I'll have to check it out. He seems like he seems like he would probably come from the improv world too, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What can we say? This is this is. Uh, it's and it's. Cons- I mean, talking about the boss, everybody cast on the show does a great job. Even the the gym the guy, guy, the gym guy who doesn't have much to do, but he's perfect at what he has to do. Yes. No. Yeah. Totally. And and I don't even know what to say except you know you what definitely watch this over bosom buddies. Um, well, yeah. Watch yeah. this over anything. I, I I'd say this and yeah. I don't even know. Uh, it's. I'm seriously weirdly obsessed. But like, I but said, like Bosom Buddies, I think this show, even if this show was written by, if this show was written by those guys that wrote Bosom Buddies, I think Abby and Alana would make it fun. Like, like Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari, they're really good actors. Yes. Yeah. They're really charming. They both have a charm to them that makes it enjoyable to watch them interact with each other. Right. Even if they were on a shit show, they would elevate it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With their presence. Yeah. Um, I don't know uh, how their characters would, would act if they lived in the Susan B. Anthony hotel though. Oh, they would, well, they, they would be fine. <laughs> yeah. They'd be fine. They'd, they'd be, they'd be the people in the, the residents of the Susan B. Anthony hotel who were running in as soon as they heard a champagne cork. Popped, <laughs> yes, which, I forgot about that scene, which was really absurd, yeah. but would fit in perfectly <laughs> in broad city. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> That kind of scene, if it's written now, I think it's the absurdities on purpose to be funny. I don't know about back then. No, I guess I, it's, it's true. I guess it was written to be absurd back then too. Really, you think so? It it's. I mean, it's, it's seemed, so ridiculous. It doesn't seem like anyone would write that with a straight face. I, I, I but do you remember the sitcoms of the time? I think it was yeah, kind of like almost a comedy trope, but but like yeah. from way back in the day, still, you know. From, I heard a cork pop. Right. It's kind of a Henny Youngman type. Well, he's a one-liner comic. But you know what I mean? That era more. Uh, yeah, no, this is, like we said, this is very modern and yet not not hipster-y, you know, if, if that 
Just come out and say it. it's not girls. Well, it's yeah, it's not it's not girls. I mean, for one <laughs> thing, it's actually f- funny. I can't say I haven't seen girls. So I I've, yeah, I've only seen a couple episodes. I I can't really badmouth girls. All I can say is it's not it's not for me. I think it's I'm not part of its demographic it it does i can't relate to it that's my problem with girls um yeah well broad city we're not part of the demographic and we love it so we are part of the demographic because i think the demographic is it's everybody yeah is people who find things funny or who yeah. enjoy humor so yeah that's true I, the, the other thing i like about just we're talking about it's always you're talking about it's always sunny the nice thing about broad city is it it's it's more positive it is it's got more heart for sure i mean it's always sunny is its own thing, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking them of them in comparison. That one is kind of has a negative view, and it's really funny, and it's its own thing. But this has a po- has a positive view. So it's because I love the scene where he gets the 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 roommate gets the he gets paid with the Staples card, and he just cheers. He's just so excited about it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. And not only does he take it, but he does a little fist pump. Yeah. And then he he trades the gift card for pizza at the end <laughs> of the episode. Yeah. Oh man. I hope we I hope we've done a good job of of explaining the show. I don't know. I I think it's something you just have to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty I I, I already said that it's it's work workhawks for girls. Yeah, but better than Workaholics in my better, mind. But I think so too. Although I, I think Workaholics is pretty funny. Yeah, same I, network, right? Is it Comedy Central? Yeah, they're both Comedy Central. I, yeah, I have I, to. Give... I need to watch more Workaholics to have a proper opinion because, like, I guess we were talking about during the break. I've only seen the one episode. Yeah, I guess I should give it more of a chance too. But this, yeah, this and and, and like we talked about in the beginning, Workaholics is three white guys, and this is not three white guys. Right. Well, and when you say like it's Workaholics with women, I I think it's like, like you said, um, the the That's, women part is not. No, that's a facile way to put it. It's just, right. It's easy. It's an easy description. Easy though. comparison, right? And it it fits in the fact that they're 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 slackers, but it doesn't fit in describing how how a well written, well rounded characters and and their their real characters in their own right. They're they're women that yeah. So yeah, yeah think, it's not a really good description, but I think it gets the point across. Yeah, and I I think definitely if you if you're a fan of Workaholics and you haven't seen Broad City, you would enjoy it. Yes. But I also think Broad City has has wider appeal. Um, yes. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just my aesthetic too. You know. But yeah, I I think so. Um. All right. And plus, you're obsessed with it, so that's that's part of it too. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> um. All right. I think I think. That'll do it. Everybody watch Broad City. And yes. And I think we should make a point of watching Workaholic since we talked about it so much. Yeah, maybe we can do an episode, do an episode of uh, yeah. Workaholic versus Mego. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mego. It sounded like Alf. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I weirdly, I think Alf was a hit because I remember when I first heard about Alf... Um, you know, like in probably in the TV Guide fall preview, ep, uh, not episode, uh, issue, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that sounds like something new. And then I watched the first episode of ALF, and I was like, oh, this is god-awful. But I think it actually lasted for quite a while. Yep, four years. Yeah, well, that's way longer than I would have expected. I I never watched it. I think it, it came on a time when it was I was a perfect age for it, but maybe something else was on. 
So I just never watched it. I think I wanted to like it, but I didn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. And, you know, I don't know. That f- Four years of that ALF money just sent Willie to the crack pipe. <sighs> what a weird, weird thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Or, all right, I guess we're done. So should we go on? Recommendations? Asians? Asians? Yeah. You, you want to go first or? I will recommend something that relates to Bosom Buddies. Um, I think everyone should go out and try to see all the greatest event in television history episodes. Yes. Really funny stuff. Adam Scott produced and writes, I think, and maybe directs. And each episode, they recreate a an opening to a like an 80s sitcom. Or not necessarily, it's 80s TV show. And most of the most of the episodes, they're like 10 minutes long, so it's not going to take you long to watch it. Most of the episode is is reality show detailing how the show got made, and it's all fake, and it's really funny. And then they actually do the 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 remake of the opening, which is, it's it's kind of has it has a heart of nostalgia to it, even though it's doing a lot of comedy. And I think it's really fun. They did, so they, the last episode they did was they recreated the Bosom Buddies, and that included a cameo by both Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. Yeah, and and the opening theme that they recreate is pretty spot on too. It's, it's Oh, impressive. each time it's spot on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, they always do a great job. And well, the 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 episode the Bosom Buddies had Billy Joel as a guest star as well. So it, yeah, they get some fun guest stars. John Hamm has, has been in a couple episodes. Uh Paul Shears in a, I, at least one. I don't know if he's in all of them. And the what's that guy's name? The the John Gregory, the John Glover? No, what's his, the guy from Parks and Rec? The guy from Parks and Rec who uh, played the the city councilman. Oh, John yeah, Glazer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. John Glazer. Wait, is yeah, that he, right? he's. Why can't I think? Yeah. Uh, what is? What was it? His his show. Fuck it. Yeah, I think it's John Glazer. He's funny anyway. He's hilarious. And he plays Ted Knight in the Too Close for Comfort episode, whatever his name is. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it sounds stupid and it is, but it's really funny. So it's worth worth checking out. I. I watched the first one, the the Simon and Simon one, on Adult Swim, because it's an Adult Swim show, and they had been, I didn't have any idea what it was about, and they had been pumping it for weeks and weeks, because I, I used to watch Children's Hospital and a couple other Adult Swim shows. So I was really just curious about what what it was going to be, and it was, the make having it hyped like it was made it even funnier. So it's worth worth watching on YouTube. The, all of them are on YouTube, so it's worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. And it is John Glazer. I don't, it's terrible that I couldn't remember his name because I've seen him live twice. Yeah, I was surprised because you always talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I saw him one time with uh, with Bob Mould, actually, and then I saw him do the... Uh, was, he, was he like an opening act for Bob Mould? No, no, he was, it was a, it was a sketch fest show and it was his John Glazer show and he had a bunch of comedians on and then he had... Bob Mould play a couple songs at the end. I, he directed That's a video fun. for Bob Mould. So I oh, thought, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, I, yeah, I saw the Slipknots variety show. Have you seen all the Greatest Event episodes? I've seen three of them. I haven't no, seen all of them. All I've seen is Bosom Buddies. Oh, really? Yeah. You, have, you never saw? Oh, yeah, you have to watch the rest of them. I'm what? terrible with watching stuff online. I don't know why, because uh, usually most of my internet time is at work. Uh-huh. When, and, and I don't really watch videos at work, so I don't want yeah. my boss to walk up behind me. Um, How did, What made you watch the Bosom Buddies one? Was it this episode? Or I, you just came across it? No, it was, yeah, it was somewhere, it was maybe the first I'd heard about the project, so I watched it, and then I'd, you know, I'd always meant to go back and watch more, but I just mm. never did. Um, 
Yeah. Well, my recommendation is a book. It is Death and the Penguin. Mm, and okay. I can't even pronounce the author's name, but it's a Ukrainian author. So it's uh, it's set in the Ukraine in the late 90s, I believe, is when it was written. Um, and it's about this dude who is an aspiring writer, but he can't get a break. And he has a, a pet penguin that uh, when the Ukrainian zoo, like, was closing down due to lack of funds, they were, like, giving away animals. So he took a penguin. Um Anyway, that's his pet, but he he can't get a job writing. So, but then he gets he submits a short story to a newspaper, which is weird, but I guess that's how they do things in the Ukraine. And uh, it, but he ends up getting a job writing obituaries for like uh, famous Ukrainian, like a lot of politicians and like kind of mafia guys and military people. Uh, but then it turns out everybody he he writes obituaries before they die, you know, just so they'll have them on file. Right, but then it turns out the people he's writing for all start dying, um, and there's all kinds of weird shit. You know, it's it's very it's like surreal, kind of Kafka esque, but also grounded, kind of like we were saying before. Like, it's not it doesn't go too far over the line. It's just got a really weird tone to it, and uh, I I really liked it. So, Death and the Penguin. Oh, sounds interesting. All right. Um, oh, the Millers got canceled. The, oh, the Millers got... Did it even start the second season yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh. They canceled by CBS after two seasons. Well, that's one That's one plus in the CBS column for me then, I guess. Looks like Marry Me is not going to make it through the season, though. That, that's a shame, yeah. Uh, Selfie got canceled, too, which... Yeah, that's a shame. Those two are really the only worthwhile sitcoms of this season, as far as I'm concerned. So. I like Day to Z. I, no, I, it's, it's, it's a... Horrible. You can't say no. You can't say I didn't like it. I did like I, it. I'm telling you, you did not. <laughs> I, I, and I and I also I like it because Rashida Jones told me to like it, and she's always right. Wait, Rashida Jones? She executive produced it. Oh, but she's on a show on TBS, right? That's going to be coming out, or USA. Oh, or something. oh, I kind of remember something. Oh, did you watch Benched? No, I guess you don't. What it's benched. pretty good. It's uh, the guy from Better Off Ted and the woman from, uh, oh, what's the name of that? Happy Endings, the, the one of the the Damon Williams' wife from Happy Endings, and uh, it's a pretty funny show. It has Oscar from The Office. She plays a corporate attorney who loses her job and ends up having to get slum a job as a public defender, and it. Is it on like USA or something? Yeah, yeah, USA. Okay, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't seen. heard of Playing Houses coming back, so I'm really disappointed. It's got to it be. Doesn't. I guess. I haven't heard anything about a renouncement for a second season. It's it's funny because, I, I know, things are totally turning now, even for sitcoms. Like for, you know, you had dramas like with The Sopranos and The Wire, obviously HBO, like redefined that. And then you had The Shield on FX and then Breaking Bad and Mad Men on AMC. But now even sitcoms are, they're doing better on the on the pay cable channels. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always better than any network sitcom that came out this year. Yeah. I like broad city better than any network sitcom that came out this year. I like, uh, or last um, year bench is pretty good. What's the other, there's another good, there's a few good, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree that the cable, uh, stations are starting to do a good job, even on sitcoms. All right, let's uh, give people the... Uh, all right, well, Write to us at yeah. popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. 
rate us highly on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and we will say nice things about you if we ever find out. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I'm no, starting don't. to use that. Oh, no, are you using I, Twitter now? I did yesterday, so maybe oh, tomorrow yeah, I, I will I, as well. I got an email. Like Somebody responded, and I was like, wait, did somebody hack into our Twitter account? <laughs> I liked There's another podcast, and the, the guys on that podcast had dressed as Weekend at Bernie's for Halloween, and they put a picture up. Uh, they told the story on the, on the show, on the, I forget the name of the show, uh, That'll Play. And uh, I saw on Twitter they put the picture up, and I commented on the picture, and they responded. So, yes, I will try, but I probably won't remember. And you will try, and you probably won't remember, but it's there. And uh, anyway, write to us if you'd like to be on the show, if you have ideas on stuff we should talk about the show. If you'd like us not to cancel the show, if you write to us, by tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we won't cancel the show. Yeah, otherwise, we're done. And when, when I say tomorrow, I mean tomorrow, not the day after this airs. Yeah, no. Th- this is Saturday, so you have to do it Sunday, the day before it airs, and tell right. us. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because Pat and I, really, at this point, we can't stand each other anymore. We're, we're just doing it all for you, so. Anymore. Uh, yeah, the, I think next week, we're, well, I we have two episodes planned. I'm not sure which one will be the next one. Let's say you know next what? next one, yeah, we don't know. Well, we have not. We have. We're going to do a year episode, and we might have a special guest. Yeah, we might. We'll see how uh, how that works out. No one has. <laughs> um, yeah, a year episode. So, like you know, how we've done the 1980 versus 2000. We'll, we'll do another one of those, and then uh, and then hopefully a movie one. Um, all right. Well, we've talked long enough. What episode number was this? Shit, I think it was 91, I think. No, that can't be right. I think it was 90. Oh, was it? It was. Well, why are you asking me that? Because I don't remember. I have to look. Let's see. Yeah, I can. This is fucking exactly what everybody wants to know. This is this is episode 90. This is episode 90, yeah. Last episode was 89. Yeah, so 90 Mark your episodes. Calendars. Yeah, that's, that's just as many years as the great Irene Ryan lived. Goodbye. Goodbye. Nobody else around, around Meet you up at the Indian part of the town The town shut down The people left for the bikes The kids told there's not a sound, a sound But I must get from there to here There's a small voice crying on the other side of the river from here It's too late to phone her now what went wrong, your grades were good It would take a left-wing Robin Hood to pay for school Your dad's a boozer and you keep him alive
by myself on the dancer's mat, but I can dance, so I will stay and clean the mess they left behind. But I dream as I set to scrub all the floors and walls. I'm thinking of a song or two, a boy, a girl, and a rendezvous. Station with the 